Kenny the Sports Guy podcast. Hello and welcome back to Kenny the Sports Guy's podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Severo, and today I have a very, very special guest. Tim Garcia of Garcia Sports Podcast joins me on the show. Honestly, I am very excited to have this man on this show, and I have been eyeballing him for quite a while. Please welcome to the show, Tim Garcia. Thank you for being on the show. Yes? Oh, of course. No, Kenny, thank you. The honor is mine. Thank you for that wonderful intro. I, as well, have been following your page. Love the content. You're on top of it like this every time something happens in sports. So thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you, man. I really do appreciate that. Sir. So thank you for being on the show today, man. Yeah, let's go. Throw me the topics and I got content for you. I'm ready. All right. So I have been listening to your episodes for quite some time now, and I really, really enjoyed your content. I guess the first question I have for you today is, how did your podcast start, and what is the name behind Garcia Sports Garage? Oh, that's an interesting question. So I've always loved sports. I started playing sports like most people, from t-ball all the way up, multiple sports. Uh, In college, I studied journalism, communication, so I dealt with, you know, film, writing script, writing copy for all the sports teams. Uh, tried to play in college, played through high school. So sports have always been a major part of my life. And I was like, you know, I have decent hot takes. People like to listen to me. I could speak about sports for days. Let me start a podcast. And the idea came to me when I was in my parents' house long about 10 years ago. I was like, this would be a cool name for a podcast. What do you find in garages? Random stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Old mitts, old scooters, you know, old DVDs. Like, wouldn't you want to come hang out in a garage and just talk sports, talk shop? It's a very a underrated place to do, actually. Very underrated. <laughs> yeah, garage? I've never thought of that. <laughs> no, right? And I was like, hey, my last name's Garcia. I love sports. And the logos, actually, I, I created it. I'm a big comic nerd as well, big into Same pop here. culture. Yeah, so, so you kind of got the sports garage element, but then you have the comic type of logo. So it incorporates both my love, sports and comics oh wow that's actually a really good uh good uh explanation you have there actually like i'm a big comic-con nerd so i go to comic-con here every uh every october in new york city and it's nice. amazing like i've been there for like 10 years and i'm i'm a bit of a comic book nerd also so uh it would be interesting maybe next year we can both go to our own respective comic-cons for i i guess I don't live in San Diego anymore, but I'll go to the one in San Diego. You go to the one in New York and we'll have a collaboration. We'll have a reunion podcast to talk about how each one differs. How's that? Oh, actually, that actually sounds really good. Actually, I'm actually might go to San Diego for Comic-Con next year. Let's do the podcast in person. Even better. Yeah, definitely. man. I'm very interested in that. All right. So let's get into my NFL questions. Let's talk about uh, your team, the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers started out well this season and are currently 6-5 in the always tough AFC West. They're basically one game back of the Chiefs in the AFC West. What do you think about the Chargers season so far? The Chargers continue to break my heart. I will tell you this. (laughs) Consider the Chargers like an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Their 4-1 start is like the sixth sense, right? Mm -hmm. It's incredible. It takes, it, it gets you out of your seat. You applaud. You're like, this is the greatest movie ever. And then they lose four to their next six. You're like, oh, great. This is the happening or this is the village. It's just like a complete downward spiral from what M. Night Shyamalan's first movie was, Sixth Sense, to one of the worst movies of all time, The Happening. So I'm used to this. What I'm not used to is the Chargers having this packed, this all-star studded team, and they're not playing like it. It's a continuous roller coaster. One thing is different. They're not losing the close games which has bitten the Chargers in the past for decades. What they are doing are losing games that they should have no business even losing at all. Like last week. I mean, last, last, last Sunday. Correct, correct. And then you lose the biggest problem right now, penalties and defense. Mm-hmm. You, can't win, you, you can't win that way. So, you know, I, I was high on them, as everyone else was, at a, with a 4-1 and one start. Now they're right behind the Chiefs. The Broncos look like contenders. The Raiders are 50-50. You never know what you're going to get. This is going to come down to the last week of the season for the AFC West. So, I mean, I'm used to this, but um, we have a quarterback finally who can do a quarterback sneak and get us a yard. We have a kicker who can 
make extra points, but there's still a lot of work to be done. So what would you consider to be the weakness of the Chargers? The weakness is by far the defense. The, the secondary is atrocious. They have one of the worst run defenses in the league, which is perplexing because Brandon Staley, the head coach, had the number one defense last year in Los Angeles with the Rams. So you'd think he would bring some of that expertise across the hallway to the renter's room for the Chargers. But that seems to be – it is their weakest point on the team. So I, I don't know how you, you – you can't fix it this late in the season. So they're just going to have to scrape no, by and, and, and hopefully get in a wild card. It's like putting a Band-Aid on the dam. Like you're not going to get rid of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And those running backs are like water running through the broken dam. Like there's I, no stopping them. I mean, the, the best running back they have is Austin Eckler. And I Correct. really like him. And he actually saved my fantasy football team last year, but not this year. So I, I didn't draft him last year. <laughs> All right, so what would you consider to be the strength of the Chargers team? Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert and the offensive line. That has been a problem for the Chargers, again, for decades, the offensive line. Phillip Rivers was not mobile, but if he had time, he threw the most catchable ball. Now you have Justin Herbert, steal of the draft, Rashawn Slater, the Chargers first round pick this year, the left tackle could win rookie of the year. That's the biggest difference. And the biggest reason why the Chargers are competitive. Justin Herbert has time. He has a cannon for an arm. We've seen the last couple of weeks. He can actually run. He's like a gazelle. So graceful. He can pick up 10, 15 yards. He slides early really quick. I'll say this. He does what RG three and Andrew Luck never did. They never slid. They always tried to take the hits. Justin Herbert, he, he'll slide two yards early because he sees it. He's smart. So I have, I have faith. Justin Herbert's the future of the franchise. And for once, I'm excited for what's to come. Speaking of Herbert, you know, he has 3,230 3, passing yards with 24 TDs and 10 touchdowns. Basically, he, he, he struggled in recent games, but it seems like he's turning the corner. Like he's, I agree. And he's, he's returning back to his like old form earlier this season. Do you see Justin Herbert winning this year's MVP or is he in the conversation? He's in the conversation, but I think he's, if you had, give me a list of five players, he's number five. Uh, just the, the last few games, a couple bad interceptions, albeit not all his fault. I mean, he didn't have any time against Denver. Um, but yeah, he's in the conversation, but unless he goes on some streak, the last, you know, the last seven, eight games of the season, I don't see him winning it. I agree. I think I think he's top four for me. I mean, you got just uh, Josh Allen in front. I think he's my MVP candidate. Josh Allen, even though he's been struggling this uh, this year. Uh, who else? Uh, you got to have Tom Brady in there as well because he always seems to be in MVP conversations throughout the whole year. Uh, True. Else, uh, Jonathan Taylor for the Colts. I think he should be in the conversation as well. He's been like tearing it up recently. You wouldn't have Aaron Rodgers there in the top Aaron Rodgers is, is actually next. Okay, okay. Yeah, he's next. And then you got Justin Herbert. I mean, okay. those are my top five, like, MVP candidates so far. So maybe I could just rearrange it. I'll put instead of Brady second, I'll put Rodgers second. So I'll put Brady fourth. That sounds more like it. But yeah. as we've seen, especially in the AFC, anything can happen. I mean, you got the Bills losing to the Jaguars. You got the Chargers losing to the Broncos. I mean, Josh Allen throwing three picks in a game. Justin Herbert throwing two. I mean, it the AFC fluctuates so much. We could have a completely – Jonathan Taylor could go on a run and fumble the ball a few times this week. I mean, anything's possible. Yeah, anything is possible in this weird NFL season. I, I can't really explain it. This has been one odd season. It has. Yes, it has. So so do you see the Chargers making it to the playoffs this season? I do. I, I think they're going to figure it out. They'll, be, they'll scrape by. The funny thing is, they still have a chance at the division. They're only one game back. Yeah, which is insane. And the Chiefs, they've, they're hot and cold. And like I said at the beginning of the show, Broncos are surprising. Raiders are 50-50. I, I, they will make the playoffs. I just don't know whether it will be a wild card or the division. But again, if it's a division, it's going to come down to the final game. Well, I think I think they, they might win the division, but I see them winning as a wild card because I think the Chiefs are getting hot at the right time. I think mm -hmm. Mahomes finally figuring it out that he could play QB again. Um, 
the defense has been okay at best. I mean, I think the Chiefs is going to win the division this year, and the Chargers is going to be one of the wild cards. And I'd be okay with that. But um, going into this Thursday night, I know this is being released next week, but Andy Reid, I think he's he's never lost or he's only lost a couple of times in his career coming off of a bye. Yep. So that, that doesn't bode well for the Broncos here this weekend. Okay, so I've been scrolling on your Instagram recently, and I noticed that you took a trip to uh, SoFi Stadium. Yes, I, I did. So – Care to elaborate on how, like, the experience was like in SoFi? Because I'm planning on making a trip there myself pretty soon. And I just want to know how it is. Oh, sure. Yeah, well, I'll start off with this. I don't know how the heck there was a weather delay in that stadium on Monday Night Football a few weeks ago. I, yeah, I don't know. What, what was that? That was weird. I mean, they, they say it's an outdoor stadium, but you, you walk. So it's beautiful. It, it's it's like a spaceship. It really is. I, you're, you're driving down the, the road. You don't see anything. You'd make a right next to a target and then boom. It's just a massive, beautiful, gorgeous looking spaceship. One thing I didn't like, there's not a lot of parking, but that's a problem with a lot of NFL stadiums. But you think this multi-billion dollar stadium, you could figure that out. So that's strike one against it. <laughs> um, strike two the food was very lackluster. The options, not a I lot know, of food I know, I saw the photos. I saw the photos of the food people took. Oh, my yeah, God. No, it was disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have some of the most famous chefs in L.A., the Hollywood capital of the world, and you can't even get me some filet, filet mignon. You can't even get me some loaded fries. So strike two. But the stadium is immaculate. That circular screen that goes around the entire stadium it's clearer than any 4K, 5K TV you can, you'll, you'll see anywhere. You could watch the whole game on that. And that's the problem with like AT&T Stadium where the Cowboys play is it, you could literally spend $200 for a ticket and watch the whole game on the screen. Is that a bad thing? I don't think so. Oh, that's actually you, a great thing. <laughs> yeah, so you could look down. Um, you know, the, the acoustics are, are just incredible. It's a great experience. If you can go... You, you have to. It's The Super Bowl is going to be there. You look through the above, you can see the sky. On top of the stadium, as people have seen, I mean, they can put graphics on there. They can change colors. I mean, worth every penny. I wish the Chargers would have won that game, but overall, it was worth every penny getting out there to see the new stadium. Nice. Actually, I might go there in, uh, for WrestleMania in a couple of years, so I really wanted to see how it was. And I- from the outside, like based on the photos I saw, it looks very, very beautiful. It's yes, like, it it costs it costs like one point five billion dollars, right? Yeah, something like that. But expect at least two hours to get out. That was another that that strike three, strike three on <laughs> SoFi Stadium. Why? Uh, why is that a, the parking? Just the parking. They only had one way to get out. Jeez, really? Damn. That's actually yeah. only one <laughs> way. Terrible. One way. That's terrible. One way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But it was right. a great experience. All right, let's switch gears to from the West Coast to the East Coast. Let's talk about the Patriots. Okay. So, as you already know, the Patriots came out of nowhere this season and currently are in first place in the AFC East, one game ahead of the struggling Buffalo Bills. What do you think is the reason for the Patriots' resurgence? You know, I'll tell you this. Consistency is a currency for success. And Bill Belichick, he has a quarterback who was taken late in the draft, fallen, fall, fell to them in the draft, a kid who was not given high praise coming out of Alabama, a kid who was not in the best shape. Eerily, who does that remind you of? Tom Brady? Yeah, Tom Brady. That reminds me eerily of him. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying he's Tom Brady at all, but why was Tom Brady and Belichick, why were they so dominant together? Simple, precise, consistent. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're seeing. Bill Belichick has one of the best defenses he's ever had now. He's got a quarterback, vanilla, boring, out of shape, but he's winning. He can do the dump offs. He can hit the slants. He can hand the ball off. He can do, a, he can do an RPO. He can do those simple plays. And you got the greatest coach of all time helping him calling the play, you know, leading him. Then you got Josh McDaniels who had Tom Brady for all those years. Mac Jones is in the perfect position. 
And that's where the resurgence has happened. I, I was surprised. But then after I thought about it, I was like, well, wait a second. This is like Tom Brady reincarnated from the SEC. And Mac Jones has shown it. He's not turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. Again, boring, vanilla, but consistent. And consistency wins games in the NFL, and that's why they're in first place. So here's what I tell everybody. Maybe, just maybe, Bill Belichick was responsible for the, of the rising of Tom Brady? Maybe. Maybe. It I looks mean, like it. Because he, know, like he it. knows how to develop QBs. I mean, it, it, it's, it's kind of hard to ignore that problem with Tom Brady. I mean... He he's don't get me wrong. He's the greatest of all time, but without Belichick, maybe he doesn't have the rings that he deserves. I mean, no, that's a that's a valid point. It's very interesting how that relationship between Belichick and Brady really is, because a lot of people would say that Brady won the the rings on his own, but Belichick was actually the one that helped craft it. You know, he was the one that actually made the game plans every week see what's the weaknesses behind the defense. It was very interesting. Like, it's very interesting now because Belichick has a rookie QB, one, and they have a chance to win the division without Tom Brady for the first time since God knows how long. And it's a very interesting debate that that needs to be addressed. It is. And you'll have the Tom Brady, um, the Tom Brady lovers who will say, well, look, he won a Super Bowl right after. Okay. Let's break down the numbers. Who did he have on his team? What did he enter with? Oh, a great head coach. Oh, Mike Evans, a fantastic receiver. Oh, a running game. Oh, your boy Gronkowski joined you. I mean, it'd be pretty hard to not win with that. So I agree with you. There's an argument to be made. The debate will go on forever, whether it was Belichick or Brady. From what we're seeing this year with Mac Jones, I tend to side with uh, Mr. Belichick in this debate. Oh, actually, I have to side with you. I think Belichick is the one responsible for Brady. I mean, there's no doubt in it, but there's going to be a lot of Brady uh, lovers out there saying, oh, it's all Tom Brady's doing, not Bill Belichick. So the, next question, so the next question I have is, do you think the Patriots will win the AFC East this season? <clears throat> I do not. It's not because of Bill Belichick. It's not because of Josh McDaniels. It's not because it's because of their defense. It will be because of their lack of experience. You know, once you get in the postseason in the NFL, you need experience. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that part. I think the Bills are just too much. But lately, they have been playing like the Jekyll Hyde on offense. Like one game that would show up, but then the next game it just completely disappeared. You know? Agreed. And I feel like the Bills is going to win the, the division probably in the last week of the season, more likely. Okay. Yeah, that's what, that's what I believe in. So who are your picks for rookie of the year? Oh, boy. Ah, you know what? I Rashawn Slater, left tackle for the Chargers. I, he's right up there. Um Wide receiver for Cincinnati, Joe Burrow's boy from LSU. Um, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. <laughs> what, what is his name? Mac Jones? Or, no, for Cincinnati, the wide receiver. Oh, Javar Chase. Javar, J- Javar Chase. Yeah, thank that's you, him. You. Yes. Yeah, I, I would put both of those guys up there. And then the Bengals, I mean, if you're going to pick a rookie of the year, I'd like to see them be tied to a playoff team. So I think if it came down to the Bengals or Chargers, if one of them do not make the postseason, I think you'd give it to the guy who's on that team, who is in the playoffs. Well, for me, I think it will have to be Mac Jones because he is playing out of his mind right now. But Javar Chase, I think Javar Chase has a relatively good chance of winning it. But if I had to bet all my money, I would have to say uh, Mac Jones. Interesting. Okay. Not, not Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence? Oh God, no! Don't, don't mention Zach Wilson <laughs> in this household because I I'm a Jets fan actually, and I wouldn't say that they ruined him. I'm just saying like that it's kind of really hard to explain. They he's not ready, basically. 
I feel like he's not ready, one. They're put into the fire way too soon. Uh, they don't have any weapons around him. Like, maybe the only weapon he has is uh, Jameson Crowder. The offensive right. line has been putrid at best. Like, I can't make, uh, I can't make sense of Zach Wilson's career right now because I would need to see another year from him. Let's see how he does next season. And as for Trevor Lawrence, well, I always thought that he was very overrated because Trevor Lawrence, uh, he played in the system that like, he liked in Clemson. But pairing him with uh, Urban Meyer, I have no idea what they were doing there. Maybe he's just growing pains, but maybe next year that Lawrence is going to be back to his old form. Maybe. Keep your Jets head on for a second. Was he the wrong pick for quarterback for the Jets? Yes, I think he he, he was the wrong wrong pick. You know why? Because I always tell everybody they should select Matt Jones. I think he would have been the second overall pick this year, but if the Jets would have drafted Lawrence, it would have been much the same either. So I think uh, the best quarterback right now for the Jets that should have been drafted is Mac Jones. Okay, fair enough. Or maybe Javar Chase. I mean, who knows? But uh, <laughs> we, we also gave up a San Darnold too quickly, but think how his career turned out in Carolina. So, Well, I, I, if anything, maybe you dodged another, another bullet there because – Sure, he showed signs of improvement and success, but now look at him. They had to bring in Cam Newton. So I, I think you made the right call on that one. And I'm a UCLA guy, so anytime you can get rid of a USC player and you can see them fail, deep inside, I, I enjoy it. Do you think his career is cooked, though? I just think he's too he, – he's, um, he turns he's turnover-prone. He's been that way his entire career, even at USC. I watched almost all his games at USC because I'm a Pac-12 guy. I think he, he'll be a decent backup, but he's been in the league, what, four or five years, and he hasn't established, established himself as a legitimate starter. Mm-hmm. I think it's time to maybe accept that and you know, be the backup. By the way, being the backup quarterback in the NFL is the greatest job on the planet. Yeah, you still get paid. <laughs> you still get paid. You don't take first-team reps. You get to travel. No one expects anything if you have to come in during an injury. It's the best job. Mm-hmm. So I, I get, so my pick for you know rookie of the year has to be Mac Jones one okay. and second Javard Chase. So those are my picks. I think uh, Javard Chase might win it, but I mean who knows? So where do you see the Patriots? Are they going to make it far this season? In the, pl- I, in the I think, I think they will. I think they'll surprise and actually win the division. But again, that it all comes down to experience. So I think they'll lose in the first round. I mean, the first round, they could they could possibly face like you know a tough team like the Bills or somebody else. But I agree, I, I can see them losing in the first round. So unless let's they play the Chargers, because they already beat the Chargers, and I saw a projection earlier this week where if the playoffs were to happen right now, the Patriots would play the Chargers. Interesting. I think I think. The Chargers will actually pull that off, actually. Let's hope so. All right, so let's sh- uh, let's shift gears to the Major League Baseball season. You already know the Braves won the World Series. They beat the, the Houston Astros in six. So what are your thoughts on this past season so far? I think it was a great season for baseball. I think seeing the Astros lose on the grand stage like that was um, satisfying. I think seeing Atlanta Braves and Freddie Freeman the way it should be done, being drafted by a team, staying with the team, not leaving for money and winning a World Series is um, just something you don't see anymore in the sports world. Overall, I think it was a great season. We had some of the best playoff series that we've had in recent memory. Um, But unfortunately, the biggest story now is the lockout. Yep. 12, 12 a.m. as of today. Yes, and, and that, if you don't mind, I'd like to maybe focus more on that because everything in the past now is a moot point, really. Even all these extensions, uh, these, first of all, side note, why does anyone think 10-year deals work? 
Name me one 10-year deal that has worked out for a team. Maybe Mike Trout, but they haven't made the playoffs. He's just won three MVPs. And you had a great point the other day. One of your posts, you were like, looks like guys are just chasing money, not rings. And I, and I think that is so true. And it resonated with me because I'm like, it's, you know, I played baseball all through life, tried to play in college. So it's my number one sport. You want to win a World Series. I remember winning my uh, high school championship senior year. Like there's nothing like that sense of adrenaline mm-hmm. that's running through your body when you win. And these guys are just chasing money. So you made a good point. So, you know, three of the top free agents, Scherzer, Seeger, and Simeon. Guess who is the agent, their agents? Oh, let me guess. Scott Boris. Yep, Scott, Bo- Scott Boris. Oh, oh man, <laughs> that guy. He so, just... That is the reason why uh, he those players got all those uh, that that big money because Scott Boris has been known to uh, get the, like a lot of money from his clients and he gets a small percentage out of that. I want to see that guy's house. He's been in the game for years. I want to see what his house looks like. So yeah, I mean Boris, I would love to be a Boris guy right now. Actually, he's. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, he's amazing what he does. So are there any signings that, you know, before the lockout that shocked you? I think the Max Scherzer deal really shocked me. Oh, same, same here, same here. Um, especially because he got a taste of the West Coast. He spent most of his career on the East Coast. I mean, to go back to a team that historically has not, fared well especially when they spend all this money on pitchers how long ago was it when they had they had Noah Syndergaard they had Bartolo Colon they had Jacob five years years ago and how many times have they been to the NLCS how many times they've been to the the World Series zero big fat 2015 that's it see so you know you spend all this money now you spend for three years and the guy's ancient in baseball terms really you're going to give him all this money uh, that was probably the most surprising to me. And actually, right before the clock hit 12 yesterday, Marcus Stroman going to the Cubs was very surprising to me. I thought he was going to well, head west. I, I always thought he was going to be gone because he always talked about the mess ownership. And I'm actually quite surprised that he actually signed with the Cubs because I thought he would either go to Philadelphia or somewhere out west like the Padres. But – yeah, it's very interesting. Like, I like Marcus Stroman, but he he talks too much, basically. <laughs> <laughs> he does, but that's okay in baseball. Yeah, that's okay in baseball. They, baseball needs more of that. More of that, actually. No, they do, because baseball is in a very difficult... This is going to lay out the path for the sport over the next couple of decades, because... How many sports are ahead of them in popularity? Eight, nine. I mean, baseball is way down the list. And now you have this lockout. Is it going to get rectified? We don't need to start panicking as baseball fans until February comes. But baseball is suffering. All the purists still want to hang on to those analytics. They still want to hang on to the, the sanctity of Major League Baseball. But let me tell you this. Let me tell you, Kenny, the sports guy, fans. Sanctity in baseball was abolished when the Astros cheated and Major League Baseball did nothing about it. That's it. That's, baseball actually, lo- that's a hot take right there, actually. Baseball lost fans. The games are too long. You're losing viewers. You're losing butts in the seats and now you have this lockout if you go into this season if there's one game lost because of this lockout you're going to lose the few fans you have left and it'll take 40 to 50 years to get back to america's pastime and that's just the truth so that's a very interesting take there actually i think baseball has like it has grew in popularity in the century, but as for like, I feel like recent season has gone down because I feel like the owners want so much money and so, so is the players. 
And I always thought that they should have had a salary cap with him. And I don't know why they don't have it, honestly. Yeah, that, that's the question. It's all this time why they don't implement a salary cap. You're because 100% they, they, correct. Because they're greedy. That's why. That's what it is. It's all about greedy baseball, man. Like, that's why I, I posted at, uh, when, like, you know, the championship, because I feel like these players only care about the money instead of going out there and salvaging their legacy and winning rings, you know? Like, back right. in the 90s, it was not like that. So, like, people join other teams just for a chance to win a ring. Now, players join other teams for the money. And it's actually very, very sad to see, you know? It is. Sad. It's very, very, very sad. And I just hope that one day it would just change. So, who is your favorites to win next year's World Series? Oh, well... Depending on what happens to Freddie Freeman, I can't imagine the Braves don't re-sign him. I mean, that that makes zero sense. But let's just say they re-sign him. You got to put the Braves up there at the top for the East. On the West, or the American League, the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays have had an have had a fire off season, especially with their pitching staff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'll put our, our friends north of the border up there. I, I, I'll say a, a dark horse. This isn't because I'm an Angels fan, but I think they've done a pretty – they've done a decent job in this offseason getting pitching. If Rendon is healthy and Otani is healthy and Mike Trout comes back strong, the Angels had a very solid offensive year. It was the pitching that hurt them. The Astros, I do not think, will be a contender in 2022. Uh, I don't know. I, I would say Blue Jays and then Braves, hoping the Angels maybe sneak in. Um, but again, there's a lot to be seen here in the next couple of months. So for me, I will have to say either – I know I agree with you on the Blue Jays, but one dark horse team – it could be the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, they're always in it every single year. And one day, one one season, they're going to win the World Series because they've been eliminated in the first round by the Red Sox this postseason. They lost in the World Series last season. So we got to figure out, like, something has to give with it. So they have to win the World Series this year because the, their elimination – well, I don't know what's in the water in Florida, but when your team has been in the postseason as often as the Rays and you still only get 3,000 people in the seats, I get the stadium is a is a trash dump. Actually, but come on. it actually is trash. <laughs> is it? But, but, I mean, come on, people. Your, your team was just in the World Series. Your team was in the postseason. How do you not go out and support them? Florida's not that great. It's not California. It's humid as hell. So what else are you doing on an evening or a Saturday afternoon? What are you doing? I don't know. Floridians Flor- right now, I don't even know. I don't know about them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on from the Major League Baseball lockout to the NBA. Let's talk about, let's talk about the Lakers. Oh, no. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to ask because since you're a San Diego guy, the Lakers are struggling this year. And I just want to get your opinion on what is wrong with the <clears throat> sorry, what is wrong with the Lakers this season? It all started with hashtag not my king. It all started with Mr. LBJ coming to Los Angeles. You could go back through all of my all my NBA posts for the past five years. I cannot stand LeBron James. <laughs> I am the biggest LeBron James hater. I won't even say his name. I will say hashtag not my king because. He is not my king. He is not the savior. And he's the reason for the Lakers' demise. Last year, I don't even count that championship because LeBron was on it. And then this offseason, he said he wants to win. And he brings in all these old dudes. Average age is like 37. It's not a pickup game at the Y. It's the NBA. So he's got all these old dudes on the court with him. He's old. He's too involved in off-the-court matters. He's the biggest baby. He never gets his way, and that's a Lakers problem. They've given the franchise over to not my hashtag not my king, and it's showing. They're not a good team. 
They're mediocre at best, and it's time for him to step down. Wow. You could tell I, I get very fired up. <laughs> yeah, you get very, very fired up uh, talking about, about LeBron. <laughs> yeah. So, speaking of LeBron, he, I just feel like he's been out of character this season, like from the elbow on Isaiah Stewart to his inappropriate gesture, I guess the thunder. The question I have is, do you think the pressure is getting to LeBron? No, he's using those things as scapegoats and excuses. He is the excuse machine in NBA history. He's going to use it at the end of the season. When they don't make the postseason or they lose, he's going to bring up these early season distractions and say that the, it just threw him off his rhythm. That's it. <laughs> and the other day he had a fan kicked out because the fan was heckling him. Yeah, let's snitch. That's what they call him now. Let's snitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's... The, La the Lakers will get back to greatness once LeBron James is off the team. What do you thought about the Russell Wilson, Russell, 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 wow, uh, Russell Westbrook trade? Why? Why? He's a stat machine. He's a triple-double monster, which is great, but if all you care about are stats, you're not going to go anywhere. Now, now what's worse? Now you got hashtag not my king who is afraid to take a shot at the end of the game. Then you have Russell Westbrook, who has no fear of taking the last shot in the game, but break. both of them are not going to make it. Yeah, break. <laughs> maybe, I don't know, maybe he has a house next to UCLA where he went to college. I don't know, but that was another perplexing move by the Lakers. It's like Rob Palenka said, here you go, LeBron, Jeannie Buss, here you go. Do whatever you want with our franchise. Money is no option. Go bring in all your old buddies. You guys can sign up for AARP on your off time. Have this, have the season. This is yours. And it's showing. They're bad. And I love it. I love watching the Lakers lose. So here's the thing about Russell Westbrook. He's a ball hog. He has an egotistical problem. He... When the Lakers traded for him, my first thought was, really? They're going to put him on the court, same court with LeBron and AD? Like, what are they thinking? Like, it's just baffling to me that Westbrook is actually in the, in a Lakers uniform right now. And he has been okay, but he hasn't been setting the world on fire on the basketball court. And I feel like he's holding the team back. Like, remember, like, Dennis Schroeder for last season? Yes. So he was a legitimate, like, point guard. So he was stupid enough to, you know, like, sign with the Celtics on a one-year deal. But he won $100 million for the Lakers. They gave that to him, but unfortunately, he didn't sign with them because he was holding out for more money. And now they're stuck with Russell Westbrook, who's a – He's a ball hog, and he's ruining the team's uh, chemistry right now. I'll take give you another hot take. Alex Caruso would be would have been a much better fit than Russell Westbrook, and he's lighting it up in Chicago. Yeah, he is. And they didn't even counter Caruso. So again, that had to be LeBron. Do you think the Lakers front office were like, okay, Caruso is much, he's less expensive than Westbrook. The chemistry is here. We he's a fan favorite. Let's just, okay, he wants this. Let's give it to him. No, they let him walk. And then they bring in, again, an egotistical, another alpha male to put on a court with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And the fact that you haven't even brought up Anthony Davis in this conversation about, you know, just his time on the court speaks volumes to their lack of chemistry. Anthony Davis isn't the answer. When he's alone on the court, he's not that Greek freak type of mentality. He's not that Mamba mentality that all all individuals, quite honestly, should strive to obtain. Yeah, you're right. I actually have not mentioned Anthony Davis, and there's a reason for that. He hasn't been on the court as much. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. I mean, you know, I sometimes forget that he's actually in the Lakers uniform because he hasn't played that much. <laughs> I mean, he got, he's, like, injury-prone. He's, he's not going to be the man on the team, like, the reason why he got drafted by the Pelicans is because he was a hot talent. Uh, he actually, you know, did well for the Pelicans, and the Pelicans didn't really gave him a team to work with. So he got traded to the Lakers. Right. And, you know, that's how I think the Lakers are. I think 
they're going to make the playoffs, but I think as an eighth seed, what about you? You think the Lakers are going to make the postseason? I think they'll make the postseason just because everyone and their grandma makes the postseason in the NBA. And then the playoff series are so long and spread out, they have time to rest. I think they'll make it. I think they'll be like a seven or like you said, an eighth seed. I don't see them getting anywhere close, but we, we don't, we still have the trade deadline here. Yeah. The next couple months. February. Yeah. So LeBron will get some other old friend of his to come on the team and claim that that person is the answer. Um, they'll throw money at a couple of players. It won't matter. They're not going to win the finals. They're not going to get to the finals. We're, 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 we're seeing the, um, the slow, um, abrasive, embarrassing decline of LeBron James. Will the Lakers win a championship in the next three years? I honestly don't think so. I mean, look at what the Western Conference has. I think there's too many star-studded teams already who have that cohesive glue. They have a good head coach. They have chemistry. They don't have alpha males fighting. They don't have ball hogs. I, I don't see it. I, I would say no. I would say do not see the Lakers winning in the next three years. Five years, maybe. Not three. Well, I guess uh, we have to disagree to, to agree to disagree. I think they might win it in the third year because LeBron's going to go out and get somebody crazy. Like, I don't know. He's, probably Giannis is going to wind up going to the Lakers. No, he won't. <laughs> no, he won't. No. All right. So let's yeah. switch gears to my favorite topic, tacos. <laughs> oh yes yeah mine too so i've been i noticed that you have your own vlog about tacos and i've been watching it a lot lately and one i get hungry about it and two <laughs> i just want to get your thoughts on like certain tacos that's going on in the world so what are some of the best taco spots in kansas so right uh kansas um <laughs> i would just say i've not had a taco better than a taco i've had in san diego here in kansas oh, of course yeah I love of course, but, but there, there are some good ones. So I'm a big Al Pastor fan. Um, so it's pretty hard to mess that up. If you don't have, if you don't see the meat on the twirly thing mm-hmm. and they're cutting it off, it's going to be a one taco. It's not going to be good. So that's your key indicator for a good Al Pastor taco. Um, it's, a, it's fascinating because it's such a simple, it's just a simple recipe. It's meat, lettuce, cheese, tomato, and some seasoning. And so many places get it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, it's incredible, but there are some hidden gems here in Kansas. I mean, it's a big old state. I got Kansas and Missouri right next to each other. So I'll, I'll find a hidden gem, but right now it's really slim pickings. Good news is I'm not spending five, $6 on a taco like I was in San Diego. So for every one review in San Diego, I'm getting three or four reviews here. So that's a positive. Yeah, New York here, tacos here in New York are very expensive. Like they're like eight to 10 dollars and some of them are not even worth it. <laughs> oh my goodness, oh, yeah. that's, that's terrible. I mean, honestly, here in New York City, like you can find every food imaginable, but the taco scene here has been very disappointing. You know, I, I haven't had a good taco here, but when I went to San Diego, I had some of the best tacos like I ever had, and I get I get hungry just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, believe me, I when I when I'm doing my reviews on Tuesdays, I I can't even tell you how many times I think back about all the tacos that I've had in San Diego. It it's actually quite quite sad, actually. I know it's very very quite sad. So what is your favorite type of taco? Mm. I really like carne asada. Oh, carne, carne, asada oh. carne asada is my number one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, so yeah. <laughs> it is awesome. And it, it's hard to find a bad one. I have. I have found a couple bad ones. But uh, there's just something about being charred on the grill, the right seasoning. Yeah. You, it, it's hard to go wrong with. With carne asada. What about chimichangas? I'm not a fan of chimichangas. But oh, I'll tell no, you why. really? No, but, I'll, but I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you why because because in college, my freshman year, we would um, we would uh, we would drink a few too many libations and go to Walmart 
and get the frozen chimichangas, which are so bad for you. Oh God, those, I had, those are bad. It, no, see, but, and I had so many of those that after I was like, I'm never having chimichangas again. So college ruined chimichangas for me. And I have not had one since. No, I'm sure they're great. I'm sure they're delicious, but oh, every time I, <laughs> well, I get flashbacks to those days in that terrible dorm room. So I, I just stay away. <laughs> you, you can have all the chimichangas for me. Okay, Kenny. Oh. And I'll, I'll, I'll just stick to Al Pastor and carne asada. So what would you rather eat? Fish tacos, chorizo tacos, or shrimp tacos? Oh, goodness. Fish, shrimp, if you had to choose one. chorizo. Oh, man, Kenny, that's, that's like picking which one of, is your favorite child. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, man. Coming from San Diego, I got to say fish tacos. Uh, you're not gonna find it. You're not gonna find a better fish taco than San Diego. You're you're, you're just not. You no, know, actually, yeah, you're actually right. But for me, I'll but, have to take shrimp ta tacos because I love shrimp so much. <laughs> but what kind of shrimp? Fried shrimp. Fried shrimp. Okay. Well, fried shrimp and um, a little Cajun shrimp as well. Oh, oh the yeah, Cajun. Cajun, oh it, it, Cajun is awesome. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I agree. But no, fish tacos. Fish tacos, hundred percent. So, where is the best place to to get the best taco? San Diego or somebody else, somewhere else? Oh, uh, San Diego. Yeah, of course, San Diego. I had to agree because San Diego is awesome. <laughs> I would it, it, it is awesome, and and you can, and it's not just coming from me. You can ask anyone who lives there because San Diego is actually it's an unknown fact for people outside. It's more of a transplant city. Actually, you oh, will find more people. You will find more people who have moved into San Diego than who have lived there their entire lives. Oh, really? I did not know that. Yeah, it, it's a, it's about a two to one ratio, so it's not that large, but it's enough to where if you go to a bar, you're going to meet ten people. Five, six of them are going to be from out of San Diego, oh, nice. which is fascinating. So you have all these different cultures. Um, all these people from different heritages, backgrounds, all saying the same thing. San Diego is the greatest and they have the best fish tacos. So don't take my word for it. Take all San Diegans word for it. So I got three more questions for you. So all right. what projects have you been working on? Uh, projects as far as my podcast. Well, I have a new segment. I call it Garcia's Midwest Minute. Mm -hmm. It's just one minute of me talking about anything from how terrible drivers are in the Midwest to how I'm barely sleeping with my brand new son. Oh, um, thank you. Thank you. Uh, to what's going on in the sports world, hot takes. So that is really what I'm focusing on. Uh, it's, it's difficult with a kid, you know, my, my wife works as well. So once he gets home from daycare, it's basically all hands on deck until he goes to sleep. And then, you know, we got work and we got to, discuss what happened throughout the day so um it, finding that time is a little difficult but garcia's midwest minute is a big thing the taco reviews still a weekly thing and then just trying to bring content to you know my my followers i mean i'm the same way too uh i just been working on my podcast social media and you know i've just been grinding all the time and i really enjoy it actually believe it or not it keeps you busy <laughs> Right. And, but the, again, I said it earlier, consistency is a currency for success. And during the pandemic, especially in California last year, you know, everyone was shut down. Everyone was working from home. You'd see podcasts popping up left and right every five minutes, a new podcast, but a lot of them are not around anymore. I know because I'm around. Got, people got old. That's why people got tired of it. <laughs> people, I, no. that's the thing with podcasts. I think people, they expect it to be like overnight success, but it's not, that doesn't how, that, that doesn't work that way. So No, but like you said, it's a grind. It's a grind. It's a grind, yeah, but it's going to be very rewarding in the end. So my last question is, where can people find you, find you and your podcast on social media? So Instagram is where I do all of my content, uh, at GSG Podcast, very simple, at GSG Podcast. Uh, there's a link tree there in the bio. And that's all you need. 
uh, my podcasts are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Again, those links are in the bio. Very simple. My podcasts are 15 minutes or less because I know people's time is valuable. I don't want to waste it. Mm -hmm. I jam pack it with hot takes and outrageous um, comments about hashtag not my king. Sometimes I have segments called Bashabron. <laughs> I'm serious. Bashabron. They're great. They're great. People are like, why do you hate LeBron James? I listen to my podcast and you'll find out. <laughs> so, so Instagram at GSG podcast. You can listen to the podcasts, Apple podcast, SoundCloud and Spotify. All right. That's all the questions I had. And I thank you for being on the show, man. It's been very, very fun and very informative. And I, now I understand the hate, your hate towards LeBron now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you kenny hey, i appreciate it it was a pleasure hey um we'll stay in touch if you go right. to comic-con next year let's meet up and let's do this in person again yeah definitely man so well that is the end of this episode i would like to thank tim garcia for being on the show follow him on instagram at gsg podcast and his website garciasportsgarage.com as always you can find me on twitter at kenny underscore sports and on Instagram at Canadian Sports Guy and my website, KenTheSportsGuy.com, came with two wins. You can also find me on Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Until the next episode, see ya, and I hope you stay safe and healthy. the Sports Guy Podcast.